Welcome to the Southwest Ohio Full Court Press Podcast. For all of your high school football and basketball news and updates, follow us on our website, swofcp.com. You can also follow on Twitter at swofcp. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This is your host, Tony Peters. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, then you know that we took a big step here at SWO Full Court Press, jumping into the football landscape here in Dayton. Uh, we've had three weeks of the season thus far, and we've been to two games per week the last three weeks. we got three coming up this weekend as well. A lot of exciting stuff, and I think I speak for Seth and I both when I say we've really enjoyed this part of the coverage that we've been bringing, uh, as well as our, as always, fantastic and, and obviously trying basketball coverage. Uh, this episode, I kind of delayed bringing out for a couple different reasons. The biggest one being I wanted to let the season kind of fall into place before jumping into any sort of recaps, but uh, the, the idea of this podcast is going to be to give you your typical updates of the week, uh, who's performed well, who played well, what teams are on the rise, who's struggling in the games to watch, a little bit of everything. The best way we're going to do it is to go through conference by conference and give that coverage. So you can tune in. We're going to hopefully do this weekly, once a week, if not once every two weeks, and talk about the top performers. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will go ahead and jump in with the G-Walk. Welcome back, everyone. Again, this is the Southwest Ohio Full Court Press Podcast, and this is your host, Tony Peters. Uh, as I said in the intro, we're going to go ahead and get started by looking at the G-Walk uh, in terms of what that conference looks like currently and a couple tidbits and in, in, in the games to watch this week. Uh, G-Walk, I think you can make the argument it might be the best conference this year in football. You could really make a case for, I'd say, five of these teams to potentially make deep postseason runs, depending on kind of what the matchups look like. Uh, obviously, sitting at 3-0, and you got Centerville, Fairmont, and Northmont, who have all been pretty good so far in the uh, non-conference portion of the season. Centerville and that defense of theirs has given up 20 points on the year. Fairmont, same boat, only giving up 24. And then Northmont... Uh, probably even more impressive of a feat, giving up 13 points a game, but they put up 136 through their first three. Uh, the Thunderbolts have a lot of really good offensive weapons led by JV and Brownlee, uh, Dalen Wilkins on the outside. Obviously, Centerville's anchored by that defense. Fairmont has got the power runner and Drew Baker that's been carrying them. And really from the start of the season, these three have kind of been three of your top teams uh, in terms of being 3-0. and the only other undefeated team in the conference probably or arguably is the best team in the conference being Springfield, a year removed from being in the state semifinals a season ago and losing their uh, superstar quarterback, Tayshawn Smoot. The The Wildcats have only played two games as their opening game against St. Ignatius up in Cleveland was canceled due to weather. Since then, the Wildcats have beaten an out-of-state team from St. Louis and then blew out Trotwood, Madison, uh, just a few nights ago to move to 2-0. and The Wildcats have arguably the best offense uh, with Bryce Schlonmeyer transferring in from Arcanum and then plenty of offensive weapons led by UK commit Anthony Brown, Bowling Green commit Sean Thigpen, Dalen Bradley, and etc. Those four teams really on paper are four of your best teams. After that, you've got uh, Four more teams sitting at 2-1 and one being Beaver Creek, Miamisburg, Springboro, and Wayne. Wayne and Springboro, that one loss, obviously, you know, good losses. Springboro loses by one at home to Elder. 
Uh, Wayne put up a battle but fell 41-24 to Fairfield the first week of the season. And both of these guys have had some pretty solid play too. Wayne from wideout, Ball State commit, RJ Mukes. Springboro from their dual threat quarterback, Evan Ruzzo. Miamisburg and Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek obviously doing much better after an 0-10 season last year. They're sitting at 2-1 uh, with victories over Franklin and Ponitz. Miamisburg, a little bit of a head-scratcher. They've got big wins over West Carrollton and Harrison, but they've got a head-scratching loss to Bellbrook at home back in Week 2. Um, the, the Vikings, it could be argued Vikings probably should have been uh, the team that wins that conference, but or excuse me, wins that wins that game, but, you know, it, it is what it is. That's why we play it every week. So in terms of these eight teams, uh, really five to six of them you can make a case for making deep runs. Uh, everyone minus Beaver Creek and Miami's Burke, I'd say, at this point. When you look at who's impressed so far on the young season, there's a couple names that come to mind. Tyrell Lewis from Wayne. I think is one of the biggest ones coming over. Again, he's a sophomore. He's had a really good stat line to start the year, I think, um, leading the conference with 791 yards. Um, completion percentage, not the greatest in the world. He's only completing 62% of his passes at this point, uh, but he does have four total touchdowns uh, for that Warriors team that he's had some some decent starts. I mean, he's only a sophomore, so... You can only judge him so much, but I think considering the landscape Wayne plays in, I think he's doing pretty good for himself. Uh, Drew Baker from Fairmont, I'd say he's putting up probably some of the better numbers in the running back position. He's already got six touchdowns on the season through the first three games of the year. Uh, he's really been great, I'd say, in all three of, the, of Fairmont's wins. Uh, Evan Ruzo, again, I mentioned him from Springboro. A good left-handed QB. The seniors got currently eight total touchdowns on the year, two interceptions, uh, seven of those eight touchdowns coming in the air. And, and he has been he's had a multi-touchdown game in every game so far for the Panthers. And he's going to go a long way in Springboro making any sort of run. And then I think, you know, in terms of, 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 of other offensive names, R.J. Mukes has probably been uh, another one that, again, deserves that recognition. He is currently at 371 yards and two touchdowns on 23 receptions uh, so far this season. And again, you know, him being on the outside in the perimeter gives a guy like Tyrell Lewis some confidence to put the ball in his hands. Bryce Schlonmeyer, the transfer from Arcanum, he's our, he's, his numbers aren't bad. Um, unfortunately, not the greatest looking. You know, only completing 56% of his passes he's at six touchdowns and four interceptions through the first two games again though uh three of those four interceptions came in Springfield's very first game of the year and he did it on 47 attempts you can't judge that too much uh, but I think that he's still proven to be one of the better QBs uh in terms of kind of the matchups the what what we can expect matchup wise I think this is the first week we're seeing conference matchups, and I think the game that everyone's going to be watching is going to be that Wayne Springfield game on Friday. You're getting a battle of some of the top players with, again, R.J. Mukes from Wayne, Bryce Schlonmeyer, Anthony Brown, Sean Thigpen. Uh, this is going to go a long way in determining who wins the G-Walk. With Springfield, I think, getting a, a, a good early chance to show 
what they're capable of. I think if Wayne can keep the Wildcats under 24 points, they have a chance to win. If they give up 25 or more, I think this is Springfield's. Moving into the next conference, let's move into the GCL. Uh, Again, if you listen to this podcast, you know the GCL has got six teams, but really only four of them we we have in our coverage area, with those schools being Alter, Carroll, CJ, and Fenwick. GCL has been, they have a lot of expectations, I think. Baden coming off of being in the state finals a season ago. Alter, Fenwick, CJ all have great traditions. McNicholas has a good football tradition. So I think everyone's kind of in a boat of wanting to kind of see where they're at. Now, I think Baden and Fenwick have been the most impressive team so far. Baden playing quite a, a, a list of teams so far, playing one team out of Cleveland, a team out of Columbus, and a team out of Cincinnati. Uh, they're sitting at 3-0. and Fenwick is another, Fenwick's been the most impressive, I think. They also have come up with three wins early in the year, including beating the defending state champion Clinton Massey just last week, 17-7 to at home. Uh, Alter, they've turned the corner after getting beat by Fairmont the first game of the season with two shutout wins over Thurgood Marshall and Meadowdale. Carroll has looked good after losing to Tecumseh. Excuse me, losing to Tecumseh. They beat Thurgood Marshall and Ponitz. McNicholas, their loss, an overtime loss to Wheelersburg out of Southeast Ohio, but they've taken care of business in their other two games. Uh, really, GCL has been, I think GCL is going to be real interesting. They won't get into league play until the second half of the year, so everyone still has two more non-league games to kind of get them prepped for that. Um, in terms of who's impressed, I think CJ, Aiden Lowry, he he's a guy that steps off the, the page. He's only a sophomore. He's leading the Eagles in rushing 335 yards on 29 attempts and already four touchdowns. Uh, he's also leading in receiving nine receptions for 158 yards, three touchdowns, so seven total touchdowns for the sophomore uh, playing really well at, at the moment. I think that, especially with him being a sophomore, goes a long way in where the Eagles will be at. Fenwick defensively, I've really liked what I've seen out of them. Again, they're holding teams. They've only given up about 21 points on the season. Parker Beerline has been a big part of that, the, the sophomore for them. He's got a interception and one of the leaders in tackles on the season. <clears throat> and... Alter, again, young quarterback and Gavin Connor. Ever since the Fairmont game, he's he's looked a lot better. Braden Bobo from McNicholas, another sophomore. Uh, really great start to the year as well. Nine touchdowns through three games, throwing five just against Goshen last week. And he's doing that on 75% completion. So he's doing very good in the, in the backfield for the for the Rockets. In terms of that schedule this week, what, what it looks like, uh, Thursday night will be the game that me and Seth attend. It's going to be Alter at Trotwood Madison. Alter going to be looking to continue to build off of their winning column. Trotwood has a very good quarterback in Timmy Carpenter that it'll be interesting to see how the Knights defend against, but the Rams are also 0-3, so this would be a good game for Trotwood to try to turn around and win. In terms of the rest of the conference, there's really not any major games. I think Baden at Roger Bacon's intriguing just because former GCL co-ed teams with Roger Bacon leaving for the Miami Valley Conference. Uh, Hartley at McNicholas could be a good one. Hartley, one of the better teams out of Columbus in the middle middle division schools. McNicholas, again, hopefully getting another tune-up game before they get ready for GCL play. Uh, Carroll and Fenwick will be hosting, and then CJ will go down to Cincinnati to take on Hughes. Moving into the Southwestern Buckeye League, that's the next league here, and and this has been a league that I've really enjoyed following so far. 
in terms of the divisions, the East Division, no one has played a league game yet. But uh, early on, Bellbrook and Monroe have stepped up and kind of jumped off the page right off the bat. The West Division, Brookville's definitely put themselves in a good position to start the season off. And then there's a few other teams behind them. Starting in that East Division, Bellbrook, they might have the win of the league so far, beating D1 Miamisburg 24-13 on the road. The Eagles are really getting it done in the defensive end of the field. They gave up tw- they gave up 13 against Miamisburg. They lost to Tippecanoe 14 to 10 and beat Tecumseh 14 to 7. So they're not really giving up a lot of points, but they're not scoring a lot either. Really controlling the pace of the game. Monroe, these guys started off well with wins over Talawanda and Ross. They got into a shootout last week against Western Brown, losing 65-51 against one of the best players in Southwest Ohio and Drew Novak. Waynesville's another one. I mean, they're they're not looking too bad ever since they beat Clinton Massey. Uh, they blanked Blanchester last week, and then the week before that, they lost a close one at Green Greenview, which was a little rough for them. And Oakwood sitting at one and two. Lumberjacks just uh, haven't looked great. Franklin has really struggled so far this year. They've only scored thirty four points as a team, and and they have really been blown out in every game except Beaver Creek, who they hosted and lost by a touchdown to. In that West Division, Brookville's definitely started the pace off well for themselves with big wins over Tri-County North, Anna, and Bethel, putting themselves in a very good position. Uh, Carlisle, is Carlisle, Eaton, and if I can pull it up, Valley View are all sitting there at 2-1. and one. Carlisle, uh, winners over Twin Valley South and Miami East. They just got beat by a really good Northridge team last week. Eaton, these guys got knocked off by Shawnee, 34-12. But besides that, they've beaten Talawanda and Greenville so far in the early in the season. And then Valley View coming away with wins over big win over Shawnee and win blanking Ross. Their only loss coming by 10 to Milton Union, a very good smaller school team as well. So really no t- bad losses for those three teams. Um, have seen Eaton play and I'll talk about them in just a second. And then obviously Middletown Madison is sitting at 0-2 thus far this year. In terms of who's impressing, Brock Ebright has probably been one of my favorite players. Watching him against Shawnee, really struggled because of that offensive line for Eaton. Uh, he's sitting at only 56% completion, but he's got six touchdowns, two interceptions. He's also got a rushing touchdown. You know, Ebright's only 5'10", but the senior's really playing hard. And when he's not running for his life, uh, he, he, he's he got a really good arm strength and able to get passes on the run. Caden Henson from Valley View has also looked pretty good so far this year. The junior, five touchdowns, three interceptions on 64%, 64% completion. Uh, Elijah Jackson, he's part of a, a committee with Monroe, and he's leading the running game. Four touchdowns on the season, uh, 516 yards on 69 attempts really good really good he kind of helped lead the the hornets last week against western brown picking up 54 excuse me 211 yards in that game just against western brown and getting two touchdowns uh he's helped them out quite a bit tim davis from brookville is another one that's played really well out of that right of the backfield the senior sitting at seven touchdowns on the season uh with a 431 total yards on 32 attempts. In terms of the schedule for this week for the Swibble, 
Uh, we finally get into some league play. Eaton goes to Bellbrook. Big matchup there. Bellbrook going to try to continue to keep those low-scoring games. It's going to give them their best chance to win at this point. Monroe goes to Brookville. A battle of, you know, Brookville. could That's going to be Brookville's first real challenge, and then they're going to have to be able to stop that run game Monroe's going to bring at them. Valley View at Oakwood. For Valley View, it's just continuing to keep the momentum shifting in their direction. For Oakwood, it's trying to bounce back after getting beat just a week ago by Milton Union on Thursday night football. Going into the Miami Valley League, this is a league that I think sometimes gets lost in the in the crowd just because it's separated from the G-Walk. But I think this year, there's actually a couple teams that are really playing well right now. Uh, the most important one, I think, is Piqua, who is sitting atop the, the Miami division with Tippecanoe, both at 3-0. Piqua, the stat line's pretty impressive. They have scored 172 points this season. And they've given up zero points. So the Indians have not given up a touchdown yet on the defensive end of the field. Tippecanoe is sitting at 3-0 as well. Before I jump into that, Piqua has blanked Belmont, West Carrollton, and Troy. Tippecanoe with a low-scoring win over Bellbrook. And then league wins against Sydney and Butler to start the young season. Butler and Troy both sitting at 1-2 and in Greenville at 0-3. In the Valley Division, it's another really good challenge here. Stebbins and Xenia sitting atop the division at 3-0. Stebbins coming off a really great season a year ago with wins over Aiken, Greenville, and West Carrollton. Xenia with big wins, all three against Beaver Creek, Troy, and Fairborn. Really good start for the Buccaneers. Sydney sitting at 1-2. and two. Then you got Fairborn and West Carrollton both sitting at 0-3. Some of the better performers so far this season – Gavin McManus from, from Xenia. I've really liked what I've seen out of the sophomore quarterback. Six touchdowns on the year on 59% completion, 527 yards. He's been part of a really good Xenia team at, like I said, filling up the scoring column early on the year. Brock Short from Greenville. The, the Green Wave have yet to win a game, but the, the senior running back is putting on a pretty good start to the year. 634 yards leading the MVL. Six touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns in the air for a total of eight. Uh, he's kind of reminds me of Drew Baker in that he does so much for Greenville. Treshawn Sanders, he's been a name I've really liked watching so far this year as well. Last season, he had four touchdowns total. Through three games, he's already has eight touchdowns, including three against Beaver Creek and four just last week against Fairborn. Sanders definitely putting up numbers that could give him a chance to challenge Brock Short for the uh, all-conference at the end of the year, all-league. And then Tramel Wright, he plays both sides of the field for the Buccaneers. I've really liked him as well in the receiving core. Um, 14 receptions for 372 yards. He's got six touchdowns already, including a three-touchdown outing against Troy just a few weeks ago. Uh, but also guys like Sam Reynolds, Kalen Bush have been playing pretty well for from out of Sydney and out of Fairborn. Pick was quarterback. Brady Yule has been a big part of why the, the Indians have had the success that they've had early in the year. Uh, Yule putting up six touchdowns, no interceptions so far on the season. The schedule for the MVL looks really good this week. Um, really, I'd say the game of the week, Piqua goes to Xenia. These are two AP-ranked teams. For Piqua, I don't think we're going to see them continue the shutout streak. I think Xenia's got too many offensive weapons that you're going to keep them from scoring any points. 
but I do think that Xenia defense is going to get a pretty rude awakening when they face that Piqua team. Uh, Tip goes to West Carrollton. Should be a, a solid game for Tippecanoe. Troy goes to Stebbins. Uh, as long as Stebbins doesn't overlook this game, could could you know should be able to win, but Troy could give him a challenge being a pretty good football school, uh, and, and, and the rest of the games aren't really massive implications. Dayton Public, I'm not going to do a lot on Dayton Public because there just hasn't really been much to report, unfortunately, in this league. It's been a down year. We'll, we'll just put it that way. There's only two teams out of the five that have a win so far this year, Belmont and Meadowdale. Belmont getting their first win just last week, 52-26, after getting shut out their first two games against pick one CJ. Meadowdale has a win against Finneytown after they got beat by Western Hills and Alter. And in those losses, they've only scored three points while giving up 62. The rest of the league, Dunbar opponents and Thurgood have yet to win a game. Heck, Thurgood has given up 134 points through these first three games and only scored six. So it hasn't really been a good look for the City League, unfortunately. And there really isn't. Unfortunately, the stats aren't kept very well for this league either, so it's been hard to kind of see who's doing what. In terms of the schedule for this week, we've only got a handful of games to report. The biggest one being Taft will come down and play Meadowdale on Saturday over at Welcome Stadium. Otherwise, we've got really good showings as well from uh, Dunbar, who will be hosting Hamilton Ross. Opponents will go to Bethel Tate, and Thurgood goes to Mount Healthy. Moving on to the Central Buckeye Conference. It's been a good start to the year for them as well. In the Kenton Trail Division, we got Bell Fountain, Jonathan Alder, Kenton Ridge, Shawnee, Tecumseh all at 2-1, and one, London at 1-2. and two. Mad River Division, North Union sits at 3-0. and oh. They've looked really good in wins over Marion Pleasant, Triad, and Danville. Urbana's at two and one, and then we got Ben Logan, Graham, Northwestern, Indian Lake all either one and two or zero and three. In terms of the top performers so far in this conference, Cam Allen from Benjamin Logan, eight hundred and ten passing yards on the year, leading the conference. Allen is a senior. He's got eight touchdowns, two interceptions, two rushing touchdowns, so a total of ten on the year. And Ben Logan has looked pretty solid offensively. R.J. Griffin from Shawnee, he's putting up solid numbers as well, 585 yards, uh, 72% completions, six touchdowns in the air, three touchdowns running the ball. Excuse me, Chris Fogan from Bell Fountain, really good player on the running back core, seven touchdowns for him, <clears throat> seven touchdowns for him on the season, 579 yards. Uh, and then in terms of their schedule, <clears throat> Excuse me. Benjamin Logan goes to Bell Fountain this week. Good offensive showing for Ben Logan if they can try to pull a win out there. And then Graham will go to Tecumseh. I will be at that game Friday night. Indian Lake will go to Shawnee in what should be a fun game as well. And then North Union will go to Kenton Ridge. Only three more conferences to review here. The Ohio Heritage Conference. These these last year I'm going to kind of go through relatively quickly as well. North Division, you got Mechanicsburg and Northeastern sitting at the top of the league at 3-0. In the South Division, you've got Catholic Central and Southeastern both sitting at 3-0. Uh, this, this conference has been looking solid early on, especially with Mechanicsburg's and their success that they've had. Uh, they have been led... 
pretty well on the defensive end of the field. Um, we got a couple good games this weekend to look forward to. You got Mechanicsburg hosting Southeastern. Southeastern been one of the better offensive teams in the conference early in the year. Northeastern's going to host Madison Plains after an OT win over Greenview just a week ago. Uh, those will be the two main games to watch. The Three Rivers Conference, it's been Milton Union and Northridge early in the year, and then there really hasn't been anybody else that's jumped off the page in terms of being able to, to run with the rest of this league. Uh, Jeremy Henry from Northridge, Blake Brumbaugh from Milton Union have been the two best players without a doubt. Uh, both those teams should pick up wins this week. Northridge goes to Miami East, and Milton Union will be hosting Lehman Catholic. Unfortunately, those two seem to be the only two key players in this conference. Uh, we'll have to probably wait another week or two before we can see what the rest of the conference looks like. And then last but not least, the WOAC. And the WOAC has been the most impressive, if you ask me. They've already begun playing conference play. And the National Trail is currently sitting atop of the conference at 2-0. and They have picked up wins already in this early season against Tri-County North. And then last week, beating Preble Shawnee on the road. A really big win for them. And then Ansonia is the only other undefeated, the only undefeated team left in the league. They've beaten Riverside, Gamble, Montessori, and Dixie. They get a game with Arcanum, though, this week that I think could be a challenge. Um, Preble Shawnee and Tri-Village, two teams that were competitive a year ago, are also sitting at 2-1. and one. Preble Shawnee with that surprising loss to National Trail, but they've also got the win over Tri-Village back in Tri-Village a few weeks ago. In terms of the schedule for this week, uh, really no major implication games. Preble Shawnee is going to go to Twin Valley South. Tri-Village is going to go to Mississippi Valley. Like I said, Arcanum is going to play Ansonia. The National Trail is going to get a non-conference game at home against Batavia. So that's going to wrap up uh, this episode today. Uh, again, real short, real brief. We'll, we'll obviously change it and tweak it as the season goes on with this being our first episode that we've ever done for this. Um, again, for all of your, your high school football news, and there's several articles already on the site as well as recaps of the week, you can go to swofcp.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWOFCP for our latest news and updates, not just on high school football in Dayton, but basketball and then just news statewide across the, st the state of Ohio. So again, thank you for tuning in today's episode. This is Tony Peters signing off. Until next time.